Welcome into the Clap Trap. Brought to you by Ultrasound Productions. Now also playing on 90.7 WKKL. All right, we are back for another episode of the Claptrap, and we have Matt back on the show, our resident green teamer. He is a season ticket holder for the Celtics. If you haven't heard him talk before, uh, he is a, a great guest that we've had many times, and I have to get his opinion on some major Celtics topics that are happening. We might also get into maybe some Patriots stuff and some other things as well, uh, but I do need to start off with the Celtics. He's a big a basketball fan overall, and and you know we got the tournament going on. We got the Celtics surging, and they are now in fourth place in the conference after beating a Warriors team the other night. A game that was so late. I hate the West Coast road trips all the time because they start so late, and you're sitting up until one a.m. trying to watch a Celtics game, and and I'm just wanting to turn off the TV and go to bed. But anyways, Matt, first of all. Uh, it's glad glad to have you back on uh, the show here, but I also want to ask just to start off the show, were you impressed by the Celtics' win over the Warriors? Were you not that surprised? I know we've played them well in the past. Did you Were you expecting that kind of a, a performance, or, or uh, were you a little bit surprised? Yeah, first and foremost, thanks for having me. You know, the, the Celtics have a, a, a weirdly, like, great record in San Francisco or in Oakland uh, against Golden State the past, like, I think they're like 5-1 and one in their last six or something like that. I, think, I know the Bridgie teams always had their uh, had a pretty good showing when oh, yeah. they went out on that West Coast trip, but I mean, yeah, I mean, you saw you saw Steph go down, but even still, I, I don't think Steph was making up for what, you know, that, that extra 20-22 points. This team, this team can get up. I mean, there's, you don't see them not get up. You don't see them lay eggs. Um, nearly as much or hardly at all um, compared to what they used to do. I think the last egg they really laid was probably that Detroit game before the All-Star game. Um, oh. no, yeah, yeah, that was, that, was a, that was a bad one. But no, they're, um, I, I did not expect them to, to route them and you know, win by, by 20 plus, but that's probably, I mean, that's a theme that we, that we should probably be getting used to. I mean, they're, uh, they're doing it against mediocre teams, but let's see what they can do against uh, some of the elite brass. And maybe that was a potential NBA Finals preview. Who knows? Oh, geez. All right. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves here. But yes, no, I've, I've been very happy with the way that they've been showing up lately specifically. It's, it's one thing to be able to take care of uh, the job against the subpar teams, which they weren't doing at the beginning of the year. That's why we found ourselves in the problem we were in. But, you know, they're doing that now. Now they're showing up against the bigger teams. And, yes, they've they've had a great record against the Warriors. Something about our matchups really works well for the team. And I agree, even if Steph Curry was in there, it was at least going to be a close game. But most likely the Celtics would have won anyways. But, as you said, he did go down. And so one of the, the major things that we need to talk about was that whole play in general. Now, I, I don't know how you feel about that whole situation. And for people who weren't able to stay up and watch and stay awake for that whole thing, Basically, a little bit into the second quarter, I think Steph had only played about 14 minutes at that point, so maybe a, a decent way into the second quarter. There's a loose ball, and Curry is going to get it, and you see Marcus Smart come flying in, diving on the ground to go and get the ball, and he rolls over Steph Curry's ankle, and it, you know they end up getting the ball, and you go on and you see Curry's limping off the floor, and Steph uh, Kerr is losing his mind, and then the, the ball goes down, and then also on top of that, Marcus kicks out his leg and does some kind of crazy move in the air, gets a another foul right there. So what did you think of that play with Steph Curry? Did you think it was a dirty play, Did you or, or did you think it was just Marcus Smart being Marcus Smart? Where were you at with that whole situation? You know, I'm more offended by the uh, karate kick midair that he delivered on Clay going down the court, you know, just a couple seconds later than I was by the uh, the Steph Curry um, takedown. No, I mean, it's it's smart. It's, I, it was a clean play to me. He's diving for the ball. I, mean, I think Draymond even came out after the game and said just as much, like, that's just a, that's a hustle play and, you know, these types of things happen. But I, I really can't sit back. And you, you can't start getting mad at Marcus Smart for doing the Marcus Smart hustle things. Like, if he's going to sit back and take you know, 12 
three-pointers. You get mad at him because that's not what, what his forte is. But he's, now, like, all of a sudden, you're going to – people get frustrated. I mean, and I don't think anyone is besides Steve Kerr, but quite honestly, I think he's frustrated enough for, for the rest of us because the way he was absolutely freaking oh, out. And, yeah. and, I, and I think, you know, I, and they were drawing back and forth. I mean, and I think Ime came out and said that, you know, Marcus is a grown man. Like, he's, Steve Kerr's yelling at him. He's going he's gonna to yell – he's allowed to yell back. So <laughs> I think they, they sort of squashed it after the game. I mean, they're, they're competitors, but – I didn't mind the play by Smart. I think the the karate kick at the end was was much uh, much more egregious. But all good signs I hear for Steph. I don't think I don't even know if he'll be out till the playoffs. Uh, I think it's it's a lot less severe than that. So you know it's it was a hustle play, and I, I, that's what I wanted on Marcus Smart. And I'm never gonna get mad at Marcus Smart for doing the good Marcus Smart things. Yeah, you, you nailed it right on the head there. I mean, when even Draymond Green is coming out and saying it wasn't a dirty play, then you know I, that it wasn't a dirty play. He clearly was just driving for the ball. That's Marcus Smart. If you don't like, if you don't expect that from Marcus Smart, just like you said, what are you expecting from him other than the jacking up of the threes? But this was such a Marcus Smart game. He's getting into fights with coaches. He's doing these flagrant fouls and doing all these weird kicks in the air. He's also given 110% effort at times, even when the Celtics were struggling, especially during that third quarter, which I do want to get into in a little bit here. But, I mean, great game for him. 20 points as well. Uh, you know, love to see that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I, I could do without the karate kick in the air and then him trying to act like he didn't kick his foot up, which was a very dangerous play for not only the other player but himself. When you get into the air and you just start flailing around like that, now you're going to come down weirdly. So just stay safe, Marcus. But I was actually at the time thinking that Kerr was freaking out so much because of the kick, and then we find out later on in the game that it was about the Steph Curry thing, which, yeah, like you said, it was, it, you know, he's just going for the ball. It's not a dirty play. So, uh, Kerr, I get it. You're, that's your number one guy. That's your superstar or your your top superstar, and so you got to protect him. But, I don't know, the, the, the way that he was losing his mind, I was like, wow, is, is Kerr about to come out here and start trying to throw punches at Marcus Smart? This is a little insane right now. I was surprised. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time we've seen it this season with uh, former NBA players that are on the on the bench. But uh, I, I, you know, I, maybe he's having a bad day. Maybe he's got some things going on in his life that are outside, that are off the court. I, you know, I don't think I don't think anyone on the team. I don't think Steph was nearly that mad. It's he no. definitely he, he he lost his crap. It was I was watching it live and I'm like, this man. I thought this man's gonna you know put the, put the hands on him. I, I was I was almost looking for a little bit of a brawl, but yeah. you know, I think I think they both both know a little bit better. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, you can't do that. Then you're gonna get kicked out. You're gonna get technicals, all that kind of stuff. And I, I was just shocked. But I, I do want to talk a little bit more about the game and specifically that third quarter. So we're gonna do that when we come back after this on ninety point seven WKKL. The claptrap with your host Zach Clap. Steph right there. That he had that left ankle rolled under. A spark out on the deck. Steph, you see him to the right there, just limping. And what they're looking at is yeah, Steph right there. That's yeah, a little, yeah. that's a foul. Following the review, they have flagrant foul penalty one on Smart. Two shots and possession. And then as the play went on, Marcus Smart in fouling Clay had his foot up near Clay's chest. So it'll be a flagrant foul on Marcus Smart. Anytime you come to play the Celtics, you know there's going to be some stuff going on out there. <laughs> uh, I, I'd expect Marcus Smart to make that play. Um, he plays hard. I, I can't call that a dirty play. As unfortunate as it is, <clears throat> if it was a dirty play, I would have went and dove into his, his head. I, I had a pretty great look on the play. I was right up top. Um, maybe unnecessary. But that's the most I can call it, um, unnecessary. But I can't call it a dirty play. The ball's on the floor. <clears throat> At every level of basketball, we're taught to dive on the floor and, um, and and go after the ball. And that's what Marcus did. So I I can't call it a dirty play. I will say it was probably an unnecessary dive because if you don't go through him, then you don't get the ball because the ball is literally in front of him. So if anything, you can say it was unnecessary, but I, I can't call that a dirty play. Um, and like I said, I'd expect, like I'd expect if you said uh, someone dove for the ball, Steph was trying to get it on a Celtics team, there was a loose ball, someone came and dove for it, you know, he, he hurt his foot. I, I tell you right away, Marcus Smart dove for it. So you just heard it there, Draymond Green, even from Draymond Green's mouth, it was not a dirty play. 
He is he is not going to say that. If you were expecting anyone on the Celtics to be diving on the ground, if, if he was to bring up, that's what he brought up the scenario. If you're in a game and there's a loose ball and somebody on the Celtics is diving on the ground for the ball, who are you going to expect it to be? It's going to be Marcus Smart. He's just going to play like that at all times. All players should be diving on the ball, for uh, diving for loose balls. That's just how it should go at every level of basketball. So even from Draymond Green's mouth, it was not a dirty play. It's unfortunate that Curry got injured. You never want to see a player get injured. But once again, like like I was saying in the last segment with Matt, it, it was surprising how much uh, Kerr was losing his mind. I didn't. I, I've never thought of him as a guy that would go off, fly off the handle like that. I think this is the most animated I've ever seen him at any time. I usually think of him as more of a bore when it comes to this kind of things. He's kind of a, a mild-mannered uh, curb guy who's just standing on the sidelines and not really kind of like muttering under his breath, if anything at all. He's not really doing anything. So I was surprised at how much Kerr was a- upset in that moment. But the the real upsetting thing throughout the game to me, and I already kind of alluded to it in the last segment, and it's something that I've been getting very upset with uh, recently with the Celtics team, was that third quarter. In a game where it felt like you were bl- about to start blowing this team completely out of the water, you already basically had... Uh, and, and Curry wasn't coming back. You're going into this third quarter thinking that coming out of the halftime, like let's just put the uh, step right on their neck, step on their throat, end this game right now. But instead you go out there and you give up 37 points in the th- third quarter after only allowing them to score 32 for the entire first half. Do you think at all, Matt, that there was something about, you know, okay, Clay Thompson is is shooting bricks left and right here. Steph Curry's not coming back to the game. We can loosen up the throttle a little bit. We can step off the gas, whatever you want to say, for a little bit, and, and we'll be okay. And are you upset with that mindset, if that's the case? Or, or are you okay with how everything went down? So, historically, yeah, I, I hate that. I hate letting a team get back into the game. I mean, we saw the downside of it uh, against, you know, in KG retirement day against the Mavs, and the Mavs ended up winning by what, you know, the three points, something you know, close to that. Um, but with this team, I'd say using the eyeball test, I mean, I, even the West Coast games, I'm generally staying up and, and, and catching most of them. Uh, they have been able to put, you know, to th- lately in the past, like, quarter of the season, they've been able to throttle in the fourth quarter, and they've given up some leads in the third um, but they, they've honestly been able to then separate again and, and widen the margin in the fourth quarter and right. not keep it a tight game with the Dallas uh, you know, game aside. It, but it, it's they're, they're inconsistent, which drives me a little bit crazy. But overall, I mean, they've been able to sort of, even if they let teams back in, they'll, they'll come back and, and do the same thing. It's just you don't want to, when you're playing a good team, you know, that's at full strength like Dallas, you can't really let them come back in because if they're hanging around, um, you know, Luca and, and, and his team, I mean, the, you just saw what was a Dinwiddie that just hit the uh, game winner the yep. other day in, um, oh, against Brooklyn. I love that just because I, you know, I love to watch Brooklyn fail. But, you know, that team, you know, not, not scared of the moment. So you left him in, you let him, you know, let him have a huge comeback. They, they stole the KG retirement day. But overall, I mean, I don't, I think the third quarter it's look at stats in front of me they actually have they're one of the best third quarter teams uh, in terms of margin in the entire nba um they're actually second only to golden state at a uh, two you know, 2.6 plus plus 2.6 points differential now having said that the last three they're minus five so obviously you're seeing um you know past couple of games but they did win two out of those three games if i'm not mistaken so they have been able to you know bounce back but yeah it's you know, they need a little more consistency if they want to be able to close out the good teams yeah, the thing that's frustrating about it to me is that we have shortened our bench up like crazy, right? Since the trade deadline, this team has just gotten less players out there. We're running an eight, nine man at most roster out there. And and I've been saying this for weeks now. At what point is it going to start to catch up to you? So, you know, in these third quarters, especially recently, like you said, overall in the entire year, sure, they've been great in the third quarter. But recently, it seems like they've been coming out of halftime flat, whether it's just because they don't have the energy or they think that they're okay or Ime Odoka's halftime speech isn't good enough, whatever it is. At some point, that might catch up to you just like having such a shortened bench rotation might catch up to you later on when you have been going so hard for the entire year trying to push to get to where they are now, which is the fourth place spot in the conference. They've done great. They've they've surged back, but I'm, I'm just, I don't know. Do you worry at all that that might come around playoff time, rear its ugly head, and show that they're a little bit more ty- tired because of it? 
I mean, I don't know about the, the tired part. I mean, pretty pretty young roster aside from Al Horford, but you know, they're and any team is is a, a, a one major injury away from you know being completely out of it and not being able to compete at that level. So I mean, it's I I, I see what you're saying about shortening the bench. I and you don't don't normally see it in, uh, you know mid season and down you know down the stretch where you know guys definitely need a little bit of rest. But I don't mind I don't mind the rotations that Eme's got. I think he's got the guys that he likes. Um, I. You know, seen a lot more Pritchard lately. You know, he's he's so boomer bust, but you know, he's probably the last guy that's coming off the bench. I mean, you've got, I mean, so it'll be Grant Williams that's coming off, um, uh, Kevin White, uh, um, and I mean, who else am I even missing? That that that's not. I mean, if you're starting five, it's gonna be Al, Bob, uh, the Jays, and what Marcus. So I mean, I. I don't mind the rotation they've got now, especially because obviously they're playing a winning basketball. I do have a little bit of concern about Kevin White sort of leveling off and not being as prolific of, of a scorer as he as he was when he first came in here. But you can't imagine he's going to put up the San Antonio numbers that he was putting up there. I mean, especially because he's consistently coming off the bench here. Um, but you know, I, I think that it's not is it a championship? You know, eight guys that they have. No, I, I mean that's that. But I can they compete and if they play to their max. Um, can they compete in the East? We'll see how the other, you know, the the Brooklyn's and the Milwaukee's of the world at full health, how they can compete. But I'm not ruling them. I wouldn't be shocked by by anything they do in the Eastern Conference at this point. Yeah, I, I, hey, I, I've come back from where I was at with thinking that they were at best the sixth seed in the in the Eastern Conference, and I think that maybe you can go on a little bit of a run here. We're going to see how it goes. But I gotta say, I, I am. I'm just a little worried that we've shortened the bench. We've got guys like White coming off the bench. Yes, that's great, and I think that he has changed the the second unit and all that. But I don't know. Are they gonna get a little tired? I don't know. We'll we'll see. It's that's been my major thing. I've been harping on. But you did mention the KG ceremony and everything in that segment. I do want to get to your thoughts about that. So we're gonna do that when we come back after this on ninety point seven WKKL. The Claptrap with your host Zach Clap. Okay, so I did talk all about the KG ceremony and the retirement of his number. I did all of that on Wednesday. I know you guys have already heard it, anyone who's been listening to both of the shows this week. But I got to do it again here. I got I got Matt in the building. I, I got him on the mic, and we're going to talk about it because he is a green teamer. He is a, a season ticket holder, a man who is has been obsessed with this team as much as I have you know, for what, since, since the early nineties that, I mean, I remember hanging out with you and seeing old school jerseys of this team uh, and, and, you know, watching games, going to games with you. Obviously they had the miracle to that. Well, not miracle, but great 2008 run to win a championship. And now we have Kevin Garnett's number retired right up there with Paul Pierce. And we have gotten to this moment. And yes, it, when I was talking about it on Wednesday, I talked about how I was not a fan of it. I don't think that they should have retired his number. I am a very small hall guy. I'm a small jersey retirement guy. But I got to get your opinion. I got to get a Celtics fan or, or Green Teamer fan or diehard fan's opinion on what you think Gar with the whole Garnett situation. Do you agree with it? Are you fully on board with Garnett getting his number retired? Or do you think there's anything else to this whole storyline? I'm not a Against it, but I, I think we're at sort of we've been at this point where enough is enough. I, I think you had to retire Paul Pierce. That that's that's a, you know no brainer. Um, I would have been fine drawing the line after that. Um, re refresh my memory. Do you know if the, in the NBA do you declare a team that you get inducted in, or is it like the NFL where you're just inducted as the player? I I believe you're just inducted as a player, and and if we're gonna get into that whole thing. If he could choose a team, I know for a fact he's not picking Minnesota. If we're talking about Kevin Garnett, right? But well, know. I think you know up up until the whole the recent you know screwing him out of you know becoming a minority owner, right. like I think he probably wouldn't. I mean, I think because he went back there, he he finished his career there. I mean, he's he's got a lot of love for that area, um, and I'm pretty sure. So I I would I'd be skeptical. I don't I don't I don't think it's a slam dunk that he pardon the pun that he would uh, go in and retire as a Celtic. But in any case, I mean, I, I I'm fine with it going up there. Um, I think I think we need a moratorium though. I, you know, the Celtics brass, and I hope you're listening. I need you to. Look at this. You know, if you want to acknowledge players, you know, what's it? Um, like, who's up there? Like, Lossy, like L O S C C Y. Yeah, yeah, like, yep. let let's let's put some names up there because, it, like, it it in practicality, you've gone, you've retired twenty four numbers now. 
you've gone through just about a quarter of the numbers that are available. You got you see guys taking like ninety one and friggin' like it's, there's just no it's getting a little ridiculous. So I, I think you just just I don't think that Ray Allen is a must. I don't think it should be done. Period. You know, if Jason Tatum plays another fifteen years here, Jalen Brown, they win. Like have that discussion down the road. But I'd also just be cool with hey, we're putting stop on this. We're gonna well raise your name up in the rafters we'll do all this but um we gotta maintain we gotta save some of these numbers for future players because at this clip we're gonna be we're not gonna be able to you know put a full bench together and have a full team with uh with single or single or double digits in the next couple you know 20 years or so so i, I think it's i'm i'm okay with it i loved the ceremony and i just i love watching highlights that 017 those first year i was up at college in the city i when they made those trades, I bought online that morning, 10 a.m. on a Friday, bought, I think, maybe five or six sets, whatever I could afford at that point, of just, and they were of $10 cheap seats. Like, they didn't adjust the pricing. I pay like, almost friggin' $100 a seat now for my season tickets, neither, neither here nor there. But I got, you know, as many games as I could just to watch them, you know, just, just to watch that team. So that, that seems near and dear, that that. That parade was one of my favorite parades of all time. So I loved the, you know, going down memory lane, that nostalgia, and, and seeing them, you know, raise the banner. That was I loved it. I loved all of it. But you know, let's 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 draw a line in the sand here. Let, let's Brad Stevens. Let's let's be the you know the cock in the walk. Let's let's see you do this. Let's let's draw that line. And say hey, you know, no more no more retirement. See how that goes over for him. Yeah, the, no chance that's coming from him. But uh, yeah, and it's uh, tough also when you say that was my favorite of the parades. We've had so many of them, but that was my favorite of the. That sounds really good for us. But anyways, uh, yeah, I, I think that you you nailed it. Uh, it's time. It's it's been time. Uh, like you said, I had I'd said that point as well on Wednesday about the, the, them having Losi up there or however you pronounce that. I'm gonna butcher it either way, but whatever. They have Losi up there as his nickname. They probably could have done the same thing for Red Auerbach, just put Auerbach up there instead of retiring number two for him for some reason. Like, there there are many things. Cedric Maxwell, as much as I love you on the broadcast and everything, I'm sorry you shouldn't have a name a number retired. There's many people up there who shouldn't have one retired, but you also said the fact that at this point, now would, would you have to also get Ray Allen up there? Do you have to retire number 20 as well because he is a part of that big three? They are the reason that they won that 2008 championship, regardless of how you feel about him going to the Miami Heat. And I do want to ask you about that because I think if he doesn't go to that Miami Heat team, if he doesn't go play with LeBron James and go off and win another championship and everything like that, does he get like? Does the Celtics fan base overwhelmingly say you should have Ray Allen up there? Do you think that they would change their mind on that? I mean, maybe. I mean, just so we're gonna you know discredit. I think the answer should be no going up there regardless. But yeah. if we're gonna you know I'll I'll play this game for a second. If we're gonna go down this road and um, you know and not you know it's not reward him or you know punish him for not going down with the ship when this team you know couldn't pull it together and you know and they're getting bounced in the first round by the Knicks and Carmelo Anthony in those playoff uh. years like I don't think I don't think he, I and uh, I don't think you can get mad at him for for wanting to to get out I mean I, I don't know how what the how the beef you know what what the real issues were I think it was more of a it's, just the fact that he left and you know pieced out, and I don't think he got much more money. If probably taken less money at that point, but man went out there, won another ring, solidified his place. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think there should even if he'd stayed here and went down with the ship, and they included him, and they got another Nets pick way back in 2013. I don't, I don't, I don't think that would. It is almost a little bit of favoritism um, to put KG up there, and not Ray Allen, but KG had a much bigger impact than Ray Allen. KG stayed here longer. KG had a big, you know, all of it. So, True. uh, I, let's just, let's just, let's draw the line here. I, KG kept saying in the, um, during his like speech at the ceremony, when he was talking, he called out Ray and he's like, you next, you next. I'm like, Oh my God, I hope there's not really like a movement. Then he said like you next to about like 20 more people. I think Rondo, like, <laughs> another, I'm like, all right, all right, all right, cool. Like, let's just, you know, make let's make this not not important like everyone's next like i'm next like let's just let's get this out of here i don't i don't need to see that 20 up there because i mean hey, you're gonna get what's his name gordon hayward's gonna be all upset like is that my number like yeah, who's, you really retire and like <laughs> i don't even know if he, he plays anymore but neither here nor there yeah no i i agree with you 100 percent. that actually brings up another thought about this so we're gonna pick this back up again after this on 90.7 wkkl i have a few more takes on this subject the Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp.
All right, so we're starting to wrap up the conversation about the Celtics here. Before we get on to any other sports topics, we've been talking about last segment, the KG ceremony, his retirement. You guys know how I feel about it. I don't want him up there, but I understand it. I understand why green teamers loved KG. I love KG as well. I just still don't think that his number should be up there. But as we were talking about in the last segment with Matt, Matt, you mentioned that he was saying during his speech and everything, Ray Allen, hey, you're next, you're next, and And I'm wondering, are we going to actually have next year people starting to think, oh, maybe Ray Allen should be up there. You know, it's the big three. Uh, They should be up there together, all that kind of stuff. I I don't know if it's going to happen, though. Do you I mean, is it something that should happen? Because if if we're being honest real quick, I do want to say this. If we had to pick between having all three of them up there or none of them up there, I'd rather go none of them up there. If we're being honest, I don't know if that's a crazy take. What do you think of that? So, so I'll answer in reverse order. Uh, that that I don't agree with. I, I think you'd be doing Paul Pierce the biggest disservice by not putting him up there. I think just by default, even if the other two didn't deserve to get up there, and but if you're gonna group them all, put you know you gotta put the truth up there. Um, I going back to your question about Ray, I I don't think there's ever going to be this big groundswell and movement for Ray Allen's jersey to get retired up there. I really don't. I um, unless, you know, unless something tragic happens, you know, certainly hope not. That's uh, but it's like I don't. I, I think it's sort of done now. Plus, I I look at it in a much more practical way. They have so there's 24 numbers retired right now. So they have three banners. It's two by four, you know, that's four rows, two columns a piece of all the numbers. They've, that, that was, that last spot, to add that number five, was the last spot in a third banner. You have got to make an entire new banner if you are going to retire one more number. Unless you're going to, like, safety pin a little, like, flag (laughs) on the bottom of one of them and do it super ghetto, like, but, (laughs) yeah, we'll just duct tape it somewhere on the back of it. But so that, honestly, like as much as and I don't think that they're on in the on, on the precipice of, of retiring any more numbers anytime soon. But I do think that once you open up that next that next uh, block of eight, now you're gonna start like if you're gonna it's it's almost gonna be like a like loose um, criteria again. I feel like because oh the numbers are up there, we got we gotta fill it up there. You know that thing looks weird just without without any numbers up there. So yeah, I I, I really you know. In, unless uh, and I'm hopeful, you know the Jays you know, win win five championships and, and right off into the sunset and retire them both up there until until that day happens. Let's um let's let's only add championship banners up there going forward. Yeah, thank you. And if they did do that, first of all, it would be disgusting to see one completely blank other than just Ray Allen's number twenty up there. And then they would go to different uh, specifics for who is going to get up there or specifications of you'd end up having like it up there uh, Isaiah. As much as I love Isaiah. Tom, Thomas, you'd end up having like players like that up there, which were just fan favorites or something. You can't have that. Jay Crowder <laughs> for that 99 up there. <laughs> can't have Kelly that. the Clinic. Yeah, that that would not be okay. But uh, the other thing that kind of came from this that I was trying to think about uh, with with the whole uh, hey, hey Ray, you're next and all this stuff, and he's kind of talking about how the the beef is squashed and he's acting like they're all buddy and they have the embrace and they got the dap up and the handshake right at center court, I believe it was, and all that kind of stuff. Do you honestly believe? that the beef between KG and Ray Allen is dead at this point? Or do you think that they were trying to put on a show for the fans? Um, I honestly can't say. I, I think it's, it probably comes down to, you know, these are grown-ass men that all have, you know, millions in the bank, presumably. So they don't really, they don't, they don't got to do nothing, right? Just ask Kanye back in 2007. That's, so I don't think that they, I don't know if they would, they would, they would put on if there was something to gain from it. I mean, to I think they played nice purely for the ceremony and and you know, it's, it's, yep. it's it's a good thing to do. They're trying to you know, trying to be better people, I'm sure. But um, will you know? They're going to be hanging out on you know every Friday night, like catching games together, like hanging out, going on you know, going on vacation, oh, split, sp- splitting a timeshare, like having a buddy buddy com- comedy show. Like I know I, I don't <laughs> think that's that's going down. But I think they they put on it was you know the bigger thing. I think Ray probably feels like a dink for um right. what was he golfing during Paul Pierce's and like that's when. You should probably friggin' go to. So that's I, I think they're trying to. You know, they're trying to. Everyone's getting older, you know, realizing that some stuff's petty, and they're trying to grow up and, and get over it. But yeah, you know, there, there was no drama that day, and, and KG had nice things to say. So which is it was it was good. I mean, it's how can you be mad when they're you know you're 
only the 24th Celtics player to ever have your number getting hoisted <laughs> up to the rafters. It's a very special moment that not many people have about. Right. I've gotten so he's gonna enjoy that day yeah no i i don't know just don't i'm a grudge guy I, I wanted to see the grudge keep going so don't don't spit on me and call it rain don't try and throw that in my face that now you guys are buddy buddy all of a sudden that's not true you i i don't believe that kg has given up on that beef i think he's too much of a grudge guy so if you want to say that he did it for for appearances whatever i don't think that the beef is dead but uh there was one other thing that kind of came out about this i wanted to talk to you really quickly about you had mentioned something about big baby happening could you tell me more about what happened with big baby during all of this love big baby all right so uh, there's a couple of couple of things here and i get some actually have a, a cb um yeah, cbs boston article pulled up here that sort of ties it all together but so we've seen glenn davis at the celtics games uh what last yeah. week was kg's uh jersey retirement prior to that uh he was getting kicked out of his seat by whoever had the front row and he's so he's he's been very he's very much been on the camera on the abc and espn broadcasts as of late yep. so what i what i heard is that so there's this there's also the backdrop of this whole health care like fake health claim health insurance claims scandal that happened a couple of years ago with him and, and maybe six or seven other players where essentially they're submitting false medical claims. It's covered under NBA veterans insurance and they ends up getting you know a good cut of, of what the um, the bills were from working with the doctor because right. the doctor's crooked as well. So he's got you know, he's out on bail. He's been out on bail for a long time out in California for that charge. Um, he never notified the state that he was going to leave and get permission to leave when he attended the game he got kicked out of his Uh-oh. seat, the game he got, he went to cage. So that man who now throw this in the mix has a five show comedy tour around the greater Boston area that he has uh, been promoting and, and trying to do in the next next couple of weeks, I believe. Yeah. Um, not only is that man probably going to have to renege it, um, customers aren't going to get their money back. That man <laughs> might be in jail for 60 days. I think he's, he's going before a judge um, again today. Yikes. And I, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's, but he is uh he's an interesting character. He's he's always been fun to watch. It, oh, yeah. You know, the, even if he's crying, if he's laughing, if he's just getting thrown into jail, I mean, he's, he's a, or if he's sitting, you know, Indian style on a on a private plane eating chicken. He's 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 must watch Man, even, was, even though he hasn't picked up a ball in a long time. That was exactly what I was going to bring up. I think that the whole insurance scandal and all that kind of happened around that same time where we saw I think that was a video where he's on a plane like what looks like a private jet flying eating chicken and he's got like stacks of money all around him i'm pretty sure that was the moment it's like well now we know where you got all that money there big baby and it's also just hilarious that he got called out by the camera when he was <laughs> he hit left and yeah i mean he's he's making up he got his appendix out so he's sitting there that he's got this duffel bag full of money he probably used a thousand dollars of it to ask someone on an airfield if he could borrow their plane for two seconds so he's, you know he's riding his his Mazda or Subaru over to the airfield to get there. He's, uh, he's he's funny man. It's but I that whole he, I don't know why he had to put out like a he always tries to justify himself too. He always wants the world to know like what like like after he got kicked out of his seat. I think he tweeted out a picture of his ticket, which who the hell even has a paper ticket now? He's like, oh, I was, like, I was row BB. I wasn't supposed to like not like, well, no, you still weren't supposed to be there. You're supposed to be back. You're not AA or row B. Right. So move your ass back. And then the, you know, the whole healthcare scandal thing comes out, which I'm going to assume they've got some pretty damning evidence if they're going to press the charges and they've got this whole ring together. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I could do without you hopping on the, the back of a, a plane that you're probably too big to even you know, fly in weight restriction wise to begin with and tell me that all's going to be good and everything's going to get cleared up. Like tell that to the ta- like the tonsils you've pretended to have taken out 20 times over the past two years because you wanted to collect the insurance money. Give me a break, guy. Yeah, no, hey, I mean, love you, big baby, mean it and all that. Wish the best, but man, you've done some messed up things, some funny things, and I will always love uh, making fun of it, so that's a big part of it. I appreciate that, big baby, but we got to move on from basketball now. We're going to try and talk about some football stuff when we come back after this on 90.7 WKKL. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. Okay, we've done the Celtics stuff, we've done the NBA stuff, we've made fun of Big Baby, we've done all of that, and if you've missed any of it, it's going to be all up as a, as a podcast, so just search the Claptrap after the show, and you'll be able to go back and listen to any of Matt and I's great takes on all of that kind of stuff. But now i got to get the opinions of Matt on something else. He's been a noted uh, 
Brady Bobo, self-admitted, self-proclaimed Brady Bobo. And so I got to start talking about what happened recently. Yes, I've gone into the whole Tom Brady thing. And I think it's going to be more of a topic this year for me just because, oh, man, I'm so frustrated that he's come back at this point. But I got to get your opinions, Matt, on the fact that he is now unretired. He is coming back. The Buccaneers seem to be trying to retool their team now. Uh, They just signed Chris Godwin off of the franchise tag to a three-year deal. Uh, They brought in Russell Gage, I believe, as another wide receiver. He'll be like the number three or four receiver for them. They're trying to bring in offensive linemen. Obviously, they traded for Shaq Mason. And they're trying to retool for everything. So, first of all, I got to get your opinion on the the Brady retirement saga, the extremely long 40 days of no Tom Brady in the NFL. Were you, were you upset? Were you worried? Did you think that he was coming back the entire time? And then do you think that they're headed in the right direction to get him an eighth Super Bowl? Or where do you think you're, they're at with the, the Bucks as well? Well, I, I waited with bated breaths all five weeks that he and he was in the media for half those days talking about yep. am I really retired? Am I not? I, the whole thing seems not, not not fishy, but it seems like it sort of got out of his control. I, I ultimately, I think what the the Bucks did was just sort of put the screws to him. Like, listen, we're not going to trade your rights. Like, you might think we're going to land yep. another quarterback and and move on from you. And, and I rule out nothing. Like, I. I I don't think he's going to get traded and they're going to make a move now. But, you know, I, I, I think they sort of looked at it. And it's kind of BS if, if you ask me because those voidable contract years, like he did everyone a favor. He did the organization a favor. It helped spread out his money. Um, no one ever really gets held to the, the back end of those deals. Believe me, that's that's why the guarantee in an NFL contract is so important because, right. oh, yeah, you might your AAV might be like you know, J.C. Jackson, like, you know, 16 and a half million. But, um, only your first forty millions guaranteed, so you're essentially on a two-year deal, two and you know, two and change uh, type of thing. So, for them to sort of hold him to non-guaranteed contract years is it's kind of kind of BS. I can see why you might get frustrated, I, but you know, they look at the look at the NFC clearing out. He's got just as good a chance as ever to to come out of the NFC. I mean, oh, yeah. it's, I mean, I don't know if um, who, who's so Deshaun Watson yeah. might go into what the, he's looking at Atlanta and he's looking at um, New Orleans, right? Yep. Yeah. So you know that'll that'll bring you know, competition back into his division. But I don't know if you if Atlanta really becomes a threat. I mean, they've got I don't know if they need wideout help. So even if they bring in um, you know, bring in Deshaun, like then they I don't know if they if that really moves the needle. New Orleans they always play Tampa well. Um, they still got some weapons there, so maybe that could make a difference. But you know, it, I think that there's it's he's gonna pretty they were a good team they were minutes away from actually moving into the nsc championship game last year um you know why he did this pseudo retirement and never even used the word retire and never actually you know retired with the nfl officially um it's all it's all sort of a pony show i i i pray that we don't go through it every year i, oh. I pray that he either wins and goes out on top and just really walks away or or just, or just or, um i i don't i don't rule anything out with that guy especially if he loses in a heartbreaking fashion or i mean who people thought he was going to retire 10 years ago man so it, it's True. i wish he was somewhere else i like to see the shake up i like to see him get what he wants because quite frankly it's it's he deserves it and the NFL is trending more towards that NBA type where the players actually do dictate terms and actually do get what they want, which has been a long time coming. And, and the, the sport, the league is just an absolute powerhouse in terms of the revenue it generates. So good for him. Um, I It is pretty whiny and you know, like everyone pay attention to me. And I, I'll always love him and I'm always going to root for him. But you know, we could do without you having... The Favre-esque Brady, you know, headline on the bottom scroll of ESPN, where you're waiting for it to come back around because well, you know, none of us yeah, exactly. It's just it's you know, let's let's just give it up. Either you're in or you're out, and don't let these you know media bums bully you into into <laughs> retiring. But we can all agree that this was a failed power play attempt, right? That that this was him trying to either get rid of Bruce Arians or get himself off of the team, and it clearly failed, right? Maybe I mean it. It would. There's evidence that would that would suggest that that's the case. However, like the whole retirement, like the news coming out while he was away, uh, I, whether he was in on that or not, I I don't know. But it, it seemed like it leaked without his like right. his saying or his doing. So with that being the case, like if that if he really didn't mean for it to get out in the first place, then maybe like it just it all sort of spiraled. So I I do I. I 
it seemed like the power play was there, especially because like look at the experience. I mean, New England didn't, you know, they didn't include the franchise tags. They let him be able to walk and, and be a free agent. Um, when Gronk came back and like, but I'm not going to play for you. You know, we moved him for a fifth round pick. So and him being the greatest of all time, he probably thought that hey, like I'll, maybe I'll have some leniency. Maybe the Glazers will you know, understand and like then in in no, send me if I want to go somewhere, like make a trade happen. He wasn't one of their uh, which 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 uh, soccer team do they own the Glazers over? Is it that's not Liverpool because that's John Henry. Um, they own one of them, but he was he was seen at one of the games last week, oh, like yeah, right before, yeah, like right. the day before he unretired. He was you know just taking it all in. So maybe it's sort of a long term play that hey, if I am gonna try and move, like they're gonna be sticklers about my rights. Maybe I need to get in good with the people here and then find a way, you know, sort of socially engineer the situation. And the only places he would go, I imagine, would be Miami or, or San Francisco. I'd love to see him uh, playing for his uh, ho- you know, hometown team. I'd also love to see him taking on the Patriots twice no. a year because I, I think I just I love that. It's great theater. But we'll see. And if not, um, the Bucks are stacked and they'll probably win the NFC either way. Yeah, they, they hey, they might. You still got to go through the MVP of last year who didn't sign on to a big deal with the, the Packers. But I also got to say, what do you think of the whole thing about him making it all about his family? I'm going to go spend time with my family. I can't wait to be with my family and all this stuff. And then 40 days later, he's like, I got to go back to work. I can't. I can't deal with this. Uh, it's bulletproof. I mean, anytime you say something like that, it's you just can't. Like, what? Oh, he's oh, hanging out with his family. Dad. Like, what? What a, what a jerk! Like he's gonna like leave the game to hang up. Like you owe it to us. Like you don't owe it to your children. Like your wife. Like it's 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 so it's yeah. an easy thing just to just to throw out there. Um, I mean, it, <laughs> you could hear him talking in some of these interviews. It's like you know, it's it's been a long five weeks. Like the man just doesn't like it, this is. He would have this time off regardless. He just he doesn't. Yep. You know, it's it's. I think just something's unsettling. And I I don't know what will ever make that man walk away. It's it's certainly not anytime soon going to be his level of play. So is it going to be bickering and all the crap that got him you know that made him leave new england i hope not i, I think you know, people should sort of look at the value he brings and learn to get along and what you know what's what's the harm he's gonna bring championships bring more t- more fans more eyes more everything uh, if he wants to do things a certain way it's probably oh, yeah. not right he's the goat but you're it, it does seem like you're gonna have to cart him off the field at this point to get him to stop uh, otherwise because I, I i don't think giselle has any way of stopping him at this point i think she tried he he attempted to do it couldn't handle it went right back to it so uh not surprised that that's happening but uh, you know it is what it is and we're gonna see more tom brady we're gonna be able to get into that into the future but i do want to get your opinions on another team your your kind of former team uh in the patriots and all their moves we're gonna do that when we come back after this on 90.7 wkk the Claptrap with your host, Zach Clap. We went through all of Matt's takes on Tom Brady. We've gotten that out of the way. We've done the Tom Brady retirement now all week. We're done with it. We're moving on. Maybe I'll talk about Bucks and Brady in the future, but not about the unretirement stuff. I'm sick of it. I'm already sick of it. It's too annoying to me. We got to talk about something else. I got to get Matt's opinions on everything that the Patriots have done or lack thereof movement for the Patriots at this point. They have just signed running back slash wide receiver Ty Montgomery, who's been formerly of like the Packers. And I forget where he was last year, but he's he's run around the league and he's been a decent pass catching back slash slot wide receiver, which has been interesting, but a very small move, something like the Terrence, uh, 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 I forget, oh, geez, now. I'm blanking on his name, the cornerback that they just brought into that we're not even going to need to know his name because he's just going to be a depth piece. This team has traded away Shaq Mason. We have gotten rid of Kyle Van Noy. We have, uh, you know, gotten gotten rid of um, some of these players. We don't even know if we're going to have Trent Brown back. We're losing out on offensive linemen left and right. Are we worried, Matt, about this team right now and where they've been going? Are, are, are you thinking that the, the Patriots are going to have a down here right now? Do you, do you at all feel like you trust where they're going and how they're going back to their old ways of we're not going to spend on day one of the free agency, we're going to wait a little bit for the other guys? Where are you at with the whole Patriots thing right now, what they've done so far? I think you're, you're seeing the repercussions of swinging and missing last year on free agents like Janu Smith and Nelson Aguilar. And I think it has been a preventative. It's prevented uh, really craft, you know, from giving Belichick the budget to go out and, and make more splashes. Um, I, I can't say that I know that Kraft said, no, you're not getting in any, any more money, you know, more or less, but it, 
I mean, I, I mean, why why would he actually open up the purse strings and, and let and let him add more? I mean, the team faltered at the end of the year. The defense got weaker. The you know they had I think they were number one in the power rankings at one point when they were just surging, beating up every single injured team in the entire the NFL. Streak, you know yep. when they when they won like three to two against the Bills in the snow <laughs> game, or right? like it's it's you know everyone was it was riding high on him, and then it's just it sort of faltered. I mean. I, you're not making moves to compete. I mean, every, like, look at, you know, Las Vegas just got better. The entire AFC West just continues to add. The Patriots are making sure they keep their old guys and letting any you know, young talent go. JC Jackson not even getting any sort of compensation or any sort of return by uh, tagging them and trading them. Any, like, I just, I've, they've let two corners go for nothing or dirt the past, you know, the past 10 months, call it. Less than I mean, what was Gilmore's like week eight, and they're just I don't under, really understand the asset management. Um, they they've got money. Hopefully the John U. Smith and Nelson Aguilar and some you know some of the other big signings they made last year. Hopefully they start to pan out. But why not compete? Why, like why not go get some high and like I I not that Devontae Adams would ever want to come here or like ever like you know they'd ever pay almost thirty million dollars a year. But that was not a huge haul in my mind. Yeah, you got to pay him, but a first and a second like this year. I mean, that you're not gonna get a Devonte Adams with your first or your second pick. So right off the bat, like, and maybe you're gonna coin flip. Will someone be a boomer bust in the other pick? I I don't think that these trades that have been happening, like you know, forget bringing in top tier quarterbacks or any of the like, they just they're not in the mix, and it almost just feels like a. Hey, you know what? They added a game to the season. If I can hit it in neutral, Bill Belichick, meaning you know, hit maybe get eight to ten wins plus each year. I just gonna do this thing for five more years, and and I'll hit the all time record. And it, it's just sort of seems like that because when you don't have the greatest quarterback of all time, you should probably be investing in everything else to try to make the quarterback you have more successful and give him weapons and make the rest of the team better around him. But here we are, and I. What's the most notable signing? I mean, they they made they kept the kicker, kept the kept the punter, kept McCordy, uh, traded Chase Winovich. I mean, what is it? What's what's the big splash? There's there's been none, and everyone else in the AFC is getting better. Yeah, no, you're you're not wrong, and especially that that uh, AFC West. Which good luck, by the way. Good luck, Josh McDaniels. Have fun playing in that division now. Now that they got. Uh, Russell Wilson on the the Broncos and whatnot, and you already had to play the Chiefs, and and the Chargers are just gearing up with every single player that they can put their hands on. But it, it does certainly stink that the AFC is getting a lot better. I'm really hopeful that Deshaun Watson doesn't come to an AFC team because that would just be another quarterback in the way. But I do have to say, what the thing has been in the past, what everybody has been clamoring about uh, or or talking about with the Patriots is the quarterback always made up for a lot of the issues that the Patriots didn't have. So. I mean, what you would think is now you've got your next guy, supposedly, quote unquote, Mac Jones is the next guy, right? If he can be developed, if he can develop a lot more over these next one, two, three seasons and becomes a much more impressive quarterback on still a rookie deal, that's when you're really going to be able to either cover up some things with Band-Aids that is Mac Jones or something like that. The problem I have with that whole theory, though, is... They keep getting rid of offensive linemen. And and the one thing, like, I could understand if you don't go out and bring in this flashy new wide receiver or something like that, new toy for him. And I expect Jonu Smith to to step back up. I expect you to be able to have two reliable cornerback or uh, tight ends going into this next season. You got some uh, solid uh, wide receivers, I think, in Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers, but they're really just slot guys. You have nobody outside the numbers, whatever. I would be much more on board with them not bringing somebody in if you tell me that you're going to shore up the offensive line. So at least Mac Jones can continue to develop and have a, a wall in front of him that's going to protect him. You still have good running backs, but I, I'm not seeing that right now. Obviously, they're just getting rid of more and more offensive linemen. So I don't know. Maybe that's going to end up being the splash. There are some big offensive tackles still left. Trent Brown clearly has not signed yet, though, though I don't know if we should be bringing him back or not. But I don't know. We're going to have to see what this team can do. I don't think that there's any one fix. I am worried about it. I'm upset about it. But I'm not fully willing to write them off as 
being able to compete to be a playoff team. Obviously, right now, there's no chance they're going to be a contender. They just There's too many roadblocks in the way in the AFC. It's just That's just a fact. And this team has a lot of holes right now. But do they think that they could get back to a, uh, being able to contend for another playoff spot? Maybe. That's what we need to do. And then I need a lot more from Mac Jones. Uh, otherwise, this team is going to be in a tough spot. I, I, I don't know what else to say about it. It's, it's going to be really hard to, to see them doing anything else. But I wanted to ask you about one other thing, uh, one of their moves specifically. So we're going to do that, actually, when we come back after this on 90.7 WKKL. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. Okay, so we talked about Tom Brady. We talked about the Patriots' moves or lack thereof. They've basically just re-signed their own players. They have, you know, not brought in anyone other than they traded, uh, you know, Chase Winovich for another uh, linebacker and Wilson, who I'm hoping can be developed the way that Chase Winovich couldn't because Chase was all about just talking in the social media world, and you know how that works for Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick doesn't like it when you go out there and you say anything in social media world. You talk in any way about anything. So that's why. I wasn't surprised at all when J.C. Jackson was not brought back onto the team, though I have heard reports that supposedly the Patriots offered three years and $50 million to J.C. Jackson, which is a little weird to me if they actually did, because then you're telling us that you were willing to spend about $17 million per year on this player, but you weren't willing to go an extra couple of years, which is what J.C. Jackson got. He got five years, $82.5 million. Matt, you already mentioned last segment, that's $16.5 per. So the Patriots are around the same AAV number, They just weren't willing to go a couple of extra years. And I don't know if that's something to do with guaranteed money. We talked about that before. But do you think that the Patriots should have just gone a little bit further with him? Or are you okay, like, thinking that they actually just gave him a three-year, $50 million deal and maybe J.C. should have gone for that? What were you thinking on that whole thing? It's all about the guarantee in that league. I'm not telling people anything they don't know. So it, obviously on a it was three fifty one is rumored, then it's probably guaranteed not not the forty million, maybe thirty or under, probably right. under thirty. Um, you got to go take the guaranteed money when you can go get it. Uh, you know, there's a case to be made that maybe you want want to have a new contract come up when the um, the gambling money comes in and the salary cap right. and, that, and that blows up, it balloons up to three hundred million or whatever that number is going to be. Um, everyone's going to get paid at that moment, which another sad reason why I'm pissed the Patriots haven't spent now because that money isn't it's not going to be as big of a contract later as it would be right now. Anyways, I and if you if you put all things equal, you've got. J.C. Jackson has the same contract offer from New England as he does from the Chargers. If I'm him, I mean, I'm, A, I'm going to be like, hey, I'm tired of living in New England. I'm not from here. I'm going to go to Los Angeles. Like, that's going to be great, even if I am Team B in that city. But, I mean, look at what they're doing. They're investing in their team. They they brought in um, what's his, uh, um, from Chicago, Khalil Mack. Yep. Um, they brought in – they Resigned your boy Mike uh, Mike Williams. Yep. They've got you know they're they're investing in the team and they're competing in a very you know they're trying to compete in that division. They've got a great young quarterback. They're building everything else around. I I mean I think you you're not the Patriots of old where you have this advantage where you know if all things are the same they'll go paths because you want to win or you know if the money's a little less you'll still go a path like. For them even if they made an equal offer like I would fully expect J C Jackson to walk because. Why the hell not? Especially when it's Los Angeles. Um, the fact that they came in less years, less guarantee. Um, they never wanted to sign him to begin with. Which, hey, we've had two number one corners exit from this team the past. We'll call it six months, and I think all they've gotten to show for it is a fifth round draft pick for next year and right. whatever compensation pick they get. But does that that so does that kind of leads me to my next question. Do you actually look at JC Jackson as a number 1 cornerback? Do you not just because he's on the depth chart as the number 1 guy but an actual legitimate number 1 cornerback? Do you look at him that way? I never did. Um but he the the market dictates you know what it is. So like on a team like obviously financially like he's getting paid like one on a team I never really thought it when he was next to Gilmore. Uh, he did okay. I mean, it's a lot of stuff schemed up. I mean, we'll find out. He, he's gonna, he's gonna go out there, and it could be a um, well, that's a Malcolm Butler sort of situation. But you know, yeah. I, I don't. I think he's, I think he's a you know a top 
15 top 10 guy maybe you know I, I, you can make the case so we'll see i, I want to see fine. him do well but, but he got he got his money which you know hell, hell yeah dude and i never never fault anyone for getting their money so always go after your especially both in the nfl you said it yourself it's starting to become more of a player league but right now the owners still have them all by the balls so whenever you can go out there and get your money get your money i i fully understand that but we're already talking about him as not necessarily not a real number one. Like he's not a lockdown corner. He got exposed extremely in that playoff game against Diggs for the third time that year. Well, second, two and a half times, whatever you want to call it. The snow game doesn't really count. But it, he's a guy who, and I know everybody's been talking about it this way. All the Patriots Homer fans are like, oh, we don't need him. We don't need him. And I'm not saying that. I'm not saying we don't need him. We definitely need the depth at the cornerback position. But. Do you think that he's going to be able to live up to that five-year deal now that he's going to an AFC West that just got Russell Wilson onto the Broncos? You already have the Chiefs that have uh, uh, the best quarterback in the league in Patrick Mahomes. And then you also have to go against one of your former coaches and Josh McDaniels for as long as he possibly lasts in Oakland. And you're going to have to play those teams six times a year total. Do you think that he's going to be able to live up to that contract more than say, like, on Wednesday I was saying – if I, I'm a betting man, if I was to bet on anything, I would bet that Jonu Smith is going to be able to turn his contract around more with the Patriots and become a bigger role and actually live up to his deal a bit more than J.C. Jackson's going to be able to live up to an $82 million deal with the Chargers when he has to go up against top-tier cornerbacks at least four times a year, if not going against the Raiders as well. Are you, are you worried at all about that, that he's just not even going to... Yeah, it could be a Malcolm Butler situation. Um... <sighs> I, I maybe, but the thing—it's it, what the market was dictating at the time. And, and quite honestly, I mean, you look at the NFL, right? The the positions that are paid the most right now—it's obviously quarterback, corner, um, uh, like DN can get to the quarterback, yeah. And then uh, the guys who—it's about guys who can throw, guys who can catch, guys who can get to the passer, and guys who can defend it. So when right now like the top of the market what ramsey 20 million that's sort of the the benchmark yeah the cap in what a year two years is going to go up from 230 to or 220 to two, uh, 300 so let's call it a 40 percent bump at that point right. now if you're looking at everyone as a percentage of the cap so what 40 percent of 20 million is eight so if top tier guys are going to be making 28 million dollars in the next couple of years you would you wouldn't even cut him when he gets to the the third fourth and fifth years of this deal. You'd hold him because that's sixteen and a half million. That's a bargain compared to what guys are going to be making. Right. Um, so I don't I don't think it's a terrible deal. I don't think he's bad. I think he's going to have problems going up again because he's their he's their number one, right? They don't have um Darren James is a, is a safety, right? Like yeah, they're, so is. they're yeah. So I mean. Yeah, he's he's gonna have his work cut out for him. I mean, they especially in that division. You're talking about you know, what are you gonna have to lock down Tyree Kill. I mean, I don't know if he's nearly as fast enough to keep luck. up with him. Um, Devontae Adams. I mean, he's monster. So I mean, you're gonna he's gonna get tested a lot, and you know, they can't they can't undo the contract. So the man got his money, and but he's it, it's gonna be a high level of competition. That's gonna be a fun division to watch, especially because they're gonna beat the snot out of each other and before uh, before oh, yeah. playoff time, and you know probably be. Be um, very interesting to see who actually emerges. I don't think the Chiefs would be a lock to win it just because there's so much um, movement around that division right now. It's going to be tough. And and the only thing I can hang my hat on right now as a Patriots fan is the fact that not all three of those teams are going to make it out of that division. Or not, you know, not three of those teams are not going to make it out of that division. So one of them is going to get knocked out of the playoff race, right? They have to. Even if they do, I'm not fully confident that you're going to get in. Ah, all right. Well, hey. Because they're I'm playing trying. them. The, no, they're playing them this year. They get a tough schedule. It's going to be a tough schedule, but we'll see how it goes. We'll see, and I'll be very interested to see. I can't wait to see how Mr. INT does. But like I said, my my prediction is Jonu Smith is going to end up being better with his Patriots contract than J.C. Jackson will with his Chargers contract. That'll be it. Uh, we can clip this, and we'll we'll bring it back when I can just, you know put my hand up if I'm wrong. If J.C. Jackson goes out and continues to be Mr. INT against some of the hardest quarterbacks in the entire league, then I will come out and apologize for that, but I highly doubt that. But anyways, it was great having you back on, Matt. I just appreciate you for, for coming back onto the show. We're going to have to bring you back on again when we see what the Celtics team is going to do, what this Patriots season is going to be, what Brady's Buccaneers season is going to be. We'll get you back on to give all of your thoughts on that, but I just wanted to say thank you for coming back on. Hey, my pleasure. Larry O'Brien Trophy this year. You book it, Celtics. Okay, okay. all right. <laughs> All right, keep it right here on 90.7 WKKL. We're going to end the show after this. The Clap Trap with your host, Zach Clap.
Okay, we got one more segment to get into here. We are talking about the Bruins and that tough loss that they just handed or got handed by the Wild the other night. This was a game on the second night of a back-to-back, and so obviously the Bruins were looking a little bit rough, and it was compounded by the fact that there was no Patrice Bergeron and the fact that the Wild had not played since Sunday. We're talking about a, a, a they had played their last game on Sunday, then they go and play the Bruins on Wednesday when the Bruins are playing on the second night of a back-to-back. That's just tough right, right away, just that by itself. And then on it, add on to it, you don't have the captain, Patrice Bergeron. I mean... It's a physical, a very physical wild team. You saw that throughout the game. It's a, a, a wild team who has made themselves into a legitimate competitor this year. You had guys like that uh, Kaprizov guy who is insane. He got to his 32nd goal of the year in this one. They have a really good team. You saw it very early that Minnesota was going to come out and try and play as physical as possible. They absolutely wrecked. Uh, Connor Clifton right behind the neck, right out the gate, and he looked like he didn't even know he was in a, a on a hockey rink at that point. He had lost his stick. He was just skating around, didn't really know what was going on. For a good 30 to 45 seconds, he had his bell rung hard. So that's how that game started off. You knew it was going to be a heated game. It only got worse from there. You had some tough penalties throughout. You had the rematch or, or I guess, just wild players getting more into Trent Frederick's face. You had that Frederick versus Duhaven fight, or however you pronounce that guy's name, in which it looked like Frederick at the beginning was going to get his butt kicked, if we're being honest. But then after taking that shot, that one mean shot in the ear hole, he turned it around and started really working uh, Duhaven or Duhaven. I I don't know how to pronounce his name. Whatever. I'm not even going to try anymore. But it was, you know, it was a weird game. There was a lot of moments where the referees, I was just wondering what the heck they were looking at. There was clear moments for both the Wild and the Bruins where there was obviously six men on the ice for each team at different moments in the game and just blatantly not called. They, they kept showing it in the broadcast blatantly. Like I'm not even, none of the players were even looking at the bench as if they were trying to get off the ice. Just wild stuff right there. But you had Kaprizov who was just making the defense look like Swiss cheese. He could, he walked right around McAvoy for that first breakaway. Uh, you know, he had another breakaway that he buried as well. So he was doing great. Um, I, you know, it was, it was a good game by Marshan overall. He was being very Marshan in this, when, when you get into these, you know, real, real crazy battles, when it gets real chippy, when it gets real heated, that's when Marshan thrives, not when he gets the penalties, but he was able to go in there a couple of times and get a penalty. He ended up burying a goal on the power play after he drew a penalty at one point. That was great. So, I don't know. He he was getting into it. He was obviously pissing off a lot of the Minnesota Wild players because he had that moment where Dumba gra- grabbed uh, Marchant by like the back of the neck and just yanked him into the ground, which I was shocked that that didn't become a penalty as well. So very heated overall. Very, very tough. There was the crazy scrums in front of the net that led to the wild goal. He had that crazy moment where DeBrusque made a great play diving back and just barely keeping the puck out of the net. Other than that, I thought DeBrusque stunk, by the way. He was missing nets all, he was missing shots all over the place. He was the high glass line by himself, just shooting over the net constantly. So I was upset with DeBrusque, other than that one play where he clearly saved the goal. Not that it mattered, but I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's bringing up this game specifically just brings back the notion that, and I've been talking about it all year. I talked about it at the start of the year when we were worried about the Bruins weren't playing enough games to start off the season. That means they have to backload the end of the season with a ton of close games. That is going to be so tough for this Bruins team that has been battling their butts off to try and get to that number three spot in the division. Now you're talking about having another back-to-back later on in this month, and then you have three back-to-backs in April. So in those time periods, you're going to have three games in four days for the Bruins. That is crazy. Three times, three games, four days in April. That is so tough on a team that has been going through injuries. Now you have Patrice Bergeron dealing with issues. You you are trying to continue. I mean, they're pretty much firmly locked into the wild card spot. I'm not saying that they're going to fall out of that. I still think that they're going to be able to vie and try and get to that number three spot in the division over the Maple Leafs. We'll see if the Maple Leafs can actually falter at some point to the point of giving up that position. But man, 
I, I don't know. It's 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 been a long time coming, right? We've been seeing this coming, the writing on the wall, that this team was going to have to play a ton of games at the back end of the season, and it could come and bite them right in the butt. It seems like it did in this one specifically here. I, I mean, once again, like I said, the fact that the Minnesota Wild hadn't played since Sunday. Obviously, they were going to be much rest, much more rested. They also had a bone to pick with us, the Frederick situation, us putting one of their players in injury into an injury last game that we had played them. They were ready to roll, and the Bruins were on the back, uh, the back end of a back-to-back. That's going to be tough for the team. So, I don't know. It's... Um... I'm worried. I got to be honest. Like I said, I, I'm, I have no problem saying that we're going to make the playoffs, but I'm worried about how much this is going to put. Uh, they're going to waste so much energy at the end of this season just trying to get through the schedule, let alone trying to play for a better playoff position. So we're going to need help at the trade deadline. I know I've been saying it over and over and over again. You need to buy. You need to go and get some help. I, I'm pretty sure that we're going to miss out on some of the bigger players like Giroux and whatnot now, but who cares? You need to go out and pick off the guys on the Vancouver Canucks or teams that are also not really vying for a playoff spot. You got to figure it out. So I, I I believe in you, Sweeney. I know a lot of not a lot of players or a lot of uh, I shouldn't say players. A lot of fans don't believe in Sweeney. I do. So I believe in you. I hope that you can come through for us. We'll see how it goes. All right, that's gonna do it for the episode of the Claptrap. I just appreciate everyone tuning in on this episode. We will be back again next week to talk everything from the Patriots to the Celtics to the Bruins to some Red Sox stuff as well as things got get going on. The Red Sox just had a spring training game that they just won fourteen to one. Great job by. Them. We'll see how they can keep doing this game or this will be up as a podcast. This show will be up as a podcast anywhere they're found. Just search the Claptrap. You'll be able to find them. I'm also up on Twitter and Instagram at the Claptrap if you want to follow along there as well. Keep it right here on 90.7 WKKL for more of the Capes Classic Alternative. I'll see you next week, guys.